Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Man, he is ready to go. So if you have a question about your garden, give us a call right now, 866-391-1020. Got a great guest coming up in a little bit, and also Mrs. Noah will be here to wrap up the show. This is The Organic Gardener, the star of the show, of course, Doug Oster, DougOster.com. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you'll win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles in Wexford. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado... Doug Oster. Good morning, good morning. Yes, we're going to talk about ticks in about 15 minutes. Well, less than that, in about uh, 10 minutes. Talking to Tim uh, Opiella about ticks. He's got quite a story and has become sort of a crusader to help uh, keep people safe. And we talked a little bit yesterday, and he's got a lot of great information. Uh, Please go to DougOster.com and check out this video that I posted. I was at this place called Sankofa Village Community Gardens and Farm. It's in Homewood. And we had a ball. Uh, we just had a blast planting daffodils there. There's a special garden there uh, built for uh, autistic children, and it's really cool. Uh, and the video was so much fun to make. But I talked a little bit about this last week where um, the young women were eating hot peppers uh, for the first time and going crazy. And so they gave me some hot peppers, and I've been having a lot of fun playing around with making hot sauces. And so... I made uh, some hot sauce out of their their peppers, and <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be quite an experience for somebody to try. I'm calling it Sankofa Surprise. <laughs> I can't wait to give them some bottles. Uh, you know, I usually dehydrate my hot pe- hot peppers, but I thought you know, I'll play around with making hot sauce. If you make a good hot sauce, uh, connect with me online. I'd like to hear your recipe. All I'm doing is uh, softening these peppers up in some. Uh, hot water, you know, on the stove and then throwing you into a food processor with some garlic and some vinegar. And so far, so good. I, I did my test on my first batch and it was tasty. It was hot, not super hot though, but it, it was a little too thin. Uh, it didn't stick on those wings too well. So we had to thicken it up a little bit. But uh, speaking of planting bulbs, because at Sankofa, that was something that was uh, something I partnered with flowerbulbs.com. I've been working a lot with them especially this time of the year. They don't sell bulbs. They just like to talk people (laughs) into planting bulbs like I like to talk you into planting bulbs. But if you would like a $100 gift certificate for some bulbs, courtesy of flowerbulbs.com, just go to dougoster.com, click on that contact button, send me a message saying I want to win those uh, that gift certificate or those bulbs either way, and you'll be entered, and I'll, I'll, I'll pick it here Tuesday. Uh, the, my first trip to Tuscany for next October is sold out, but 
there's another trip right behind it. That's everyone's traveling again. This is my. I waited my whole life to put this trip together. It's off the beaten path, Italy. We do go to Pisa and Florence as the two big cities, but then all these cool little hill towns, which is what I love. My wife is actually in Sicily right now with my daughter, and they're having a ball climbing Mount Etna today. Now see how how high they get. Can get up to ten thousand feet, maybe higher. Um, so if you'd like to come to Italy with me, uh, I'd love to have you. It's the least expensive trip I've ever offered to Europe. And uh, like, if you've never been to Italy before and you want to see Rome and that sort of thing, you can get a extension. You can get come come in three days early and go down there. And again, you'll have your tour director and everything. That's the one thing about traveling with me. We get a tour manager that meets us at the airport when we fly in and takes us to the airport when we fly out. All the information's at dougoster.com. And more Pepper information. Uh, when I did that uh, play off the record, uh, dressed as a giant tomato, <laughs> uh, the day of the show, I bumped into Art uh, in Zigga. Inziga, Inzing, Inzinga. I have trouble saying his name. <laughs> He's a professor and culinary program coordinator, coordinator at CCAC, and we, you know, <laughs> we're at this like backstage door entrance, and all these actors and people are coming through, and we're we're just like completely focused on talking about our gardens. And I was telling about this one pepper, uh, habanada. <laughs> it's it's like a habanero, only it's sweet. Has a smoky flavor of the habanero, but it's a sweet pepper. And it's from Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds. And I said, you know, it would be fun for you as somebody who teaches cooking and culinary um, expertise at CCAC. I'd like to see what you and your students would do with that. And so we connected a couple of days later, met at the sheets, and I was just bringing him the peppers. And then he, of course, as like most gardeners would, <laughs> he has with him. Uh, you know, some stuff that he's canned himself, cranberry chutney, sweetened hot red pepper relish, and mixed hot pepper relish. And I tried all three, and they're phenomenal. And, you know, I posted something on Facebook. Um, if you go there and, and, and comment, I really appreciate it because gardening is all about sharing, and it's, it's one of the fun things that we do. And again, I wasn't expecting anything from him. I also did give him some habanero peppers, too, for them to play around with for the, for the heat. Let's just hope they don't mix the two up. That could be dangerous. Um, yeah, go on there. Tell me about uh, your feelings of sharing your stuff. And, and um, that's, one, again, one of the fun things about gardening, you know, whether you take it into work or you give them to your neighbors. You know, I I, I provide uh, garlic uh, for planting for my neighbors. Uh, they I know that she she loves garlic, and so I, we're <laughs> like minded in our love of garlic, and so uh, that's definitely something nice. Later on, uh, Mrs. Know It All will give us some pumpkin preservation tips and talk fun with gourds. I'm looking forward to having Mrs. Know It All back. And this is the time to protect your small trees from the deer rut. Um, this is when the deer are going to be rubbing all small trees, even bigger trees. And if you've got a sapling out there, you and if you've had, you know, trees out there, the the deer, they'll just decimate them. And so all I do 
is I get a piece of that uh, corrugated, like, plastic stuff they use to for gutters, and I just slice it in half, put it around the tree, and the deer won't won't uh, rub then. My son, who lives down in Richmond, Virginia, I always have to remind him because he has this whole row of Leland cypress, and the, the deer are always, you know, when they start the rudder, just, just tearing those trees to pieces. We have... You know, one of my projects when I went down there was fo- uh, putting a uh, thick fishing line uh, on uh, fence posts all the way around it just to try and keep them safe. And a reminder to love your leaves, you know, as as I was looking at my uh, expansive areas of oak trees that have uh, dropped all their leaves, I will be blowing those leaves off for safety reasons, but I'm putting them in a place where they make a big pile. They'll eventually become compost, and you can use them all over the garden. Shred them, put them in compost. Uh, lots of ways to use your leaves. All right. Uh, we're going to come back. Tell them who we have joining us, Doug. It's Tim Opiella, and he's going to talk all about ticks and how to keep yourself safe from ticks, what you should be growing and what you shouldn't be. All right. That's Moments Away on KDKA. Back with Doug and time to bring in his guest, Doug. Well, I want to welcome Tim Opiella to the show. We have talked uh, via Facebook for years about ticks, and I wanted to bring him on because uh, he is a uh, trying to help us stay safe from ticks. Tim, welcome to the show. Good morning, and t- tell us how you became a tick crusader. Good, good morning, Doug. Uh, good morning, Rob. Uh, I became a tick crusader uh, back in 2010 uh, when my daughter was uh, bitten by a tick and almost died. Um, we couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. We went through 26 well-educated doctors at Children's Hospital here in Pittsburgh and couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. Uh, she uh, has the distinction of being the first person in the state of Pennsylvania to be correctly diagnosed with a disease called alpha-gal syndrome. Back then, it was called alpha-gal allergy, and it's transmitted by uh, Lone Star Tick, which is one of the four most common ticks here uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, we, I was the person who actually figured out what was wrong with her based upon a study that was uh, done uh, by the University of Virginia. And the uh, disease has a unique pop uh, culture uh, following. The way it was actually discovered was uh, when um, uh, uh, Martha Stewart, uh, went to jail for the price fixing of the um, of the cancer drug. The cancer drug they were giving people actually contained this alpha gale. At the same time, the the people at the University of Virginia were seeing cases of people who were reacting to the this uh, carb these two carb carbohydrate sugars called alpha gale one three. So how are you spreading the word uh, to keep people uh, informed about the disease, informed about staying safe from, from ticks? Uh, I've been active on the national level with the National Tick-Borne Working Group Committee that was created under the CURE Act. I've been involved with the FDA uh, and also with the CDC. Um, most recently, uh, there was a letter sent uh, from the CDC to the EPA asking for uh, warning labels to actually be put on tick prevention products because um, the uh, tick prevention products for pets, when you actually read the inside of the labels, 
uh, of those products. And we'll tell you they first repel the tick and don't kill the tick, which puts pet owners at a higher risk. And what I've seen in talking to people over the last 12 years about this disease is 90% of the people who have this particular disease are pet are within pet owner households. Mm. And you told me something interesting yesterday that you thought that my uh, eating garlic was helping repel ticks. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. There are a number of organic uh, plants that can be incorporated into your garden, Doug, and then uh, uh, to even spray on yourself, uh, such as garlic. Um, uh, another one would be uh, chrysanthemum, uh, uh, or excuse me, um, uh, rose geranium oil, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little more natural. Uh, I always uh, suggest to people they use pararethrum. They pre-spray their clothes with it because that will knock down your uh, the likelihood of you being bitten by a tick by about 70%. You spray that on your clothing, not on yourself. And then I, I try to steer people away from using DEET because of uh, the long-term implications, especially if you're, a guard, if you're a gardener and you're, you're in the garden every day and spraying yourself down with DEET on a daily basis is not the best thing for yourself. Yeah, the your other skin. product you were talking about there, like you said, it, it's not sprayed on your skin. It's sprayed on your clothes, your right? clothing, right. And even just putting it on, spraying the pararethrum, which you can get at a Walmart or a, a sporting goods store, and letting it sit and dry will provide you a couple uh, washes of protection. Um, and uh, you can buy pre-treated clothing. And if you're gardening near any type of fragmented forest area uh, that has a, a, a high tick population, you can even buy gathers uh, for your uh, lower legs and or your arms. What should which, you uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. What should you do if you get bit by a tick? First thing you, and that's a great question, Doug. The first thing you should do is have the tick removed. Uh, secondly, uh, if you can't remove it, uh, go to a medical facility to get it removed. The most important thing is to save the tick and have it sent to a lab to find out what was inside that tick. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, East Stroudsburg University provides a wonderful free service that your ticks can be sent to. Do not throw the tick away. Do not uh, burn the tick. Do not flush the tick down the toilet. Um, Or give it to somebody who's just going to, a doctor who's going to destroy the tick. That tick holds your future, actually. Mm. And the way you can save the tick is uh, you can put it in uh, a tube or into uh, plastic baggies, throw a couple pieces of grass in it. You can double bag it put it in your refrigerator until you figure out what lab to send it to. Um, and the, the, that way, if because 50% of the ticks, 50 to 60% of the ticks here in Pennsylvania now carry at least one tick-borne pathogen. Another 25% carry two. Another The, the remaining part carries three or more different uh, diseases. So it's very difficult for uh, a medical practitioner to figure out, and very expensive for you, to figure out all what is in you. Got about a minute left, Tim. Tell me about plants. Uh, what plants sure. is okay to have um, in the garden? There's a couple. Yeah, uh, one, one thing to avoid is Japanese barberry bushes. 
uh, because they have been connected to Lyme and tick-borne diseases. Uh, a couple other uh, plants you should incorporate into your garden or your landscape to help reduce your tick populations would be American Beauty, uh, American Beauty berries, mm-hmm. rose geraniums, chrysanthemums, petunias. Um, if you have pets, uh, flea band daisies are wonderful along the garden, uh, along your garden paths. Um, and that's, there are other uh, herbs you can plant, such as mint, rosemary, and thyme. Tim, how can people connect with you personally if they have a tick question or need some information? I don't have my own personal site because of uh, uh, the research I do, um, but I can always be reached uh, via uh, a support site. It's the largest support site for Alpha Gale. It's called Alpha Gale support non-public all right tim thanks for all that great information really appreciate it well we've got to watch out for ticks rob that's for sure well i have an idea why don't you come up with some garlic solution you oh, can i know c- i like that idea then i'd really smell like garlic you could call know? it you could call it tick me off <laughs> hey i'll go 50 50 <laughs> on you on that one no my funds are low as my grandmother <laughs> used to say no 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 but i'm telling you you might have a winner there. I like that. Tick me off. Tick me Hi, off. Hi, I'm Doug Oster. All right, listen. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to take some calls. So now is the time for you to fill up these phone lines. What should gardeners be thinking about right now and wanting to talk to you about? Oh, planting bulbs, planting trees, planting shrubs, bargains. And I saw, you know, two ads so far, uh, Chapins and Sorgals, both talking about house plants. You should be growing house plants because they clean the air and produce oxygen. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. Melinda Roder here on a Sunday. That's a nice thing. She's got all your news coming up next hour. Chicken cacciatore, chicken parmesan, baked chicken, fried chicken. It's all about your favorite chicken recipes with the Coons Cooking Hour. Rob Pratt Sunday, your Pratt Pack rolls on in a couple of minutes on KDKA, 100.1 FM, AM 1020. All right, what do you say as we return to Doug Oster and the Organic Gardener, Rob Pratt Sunday, KDK. We make the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, a winner of a $25 gift certificate to Janowski. That'll buy you a lot this time of year. Oh, yeah, a lot of good stuff there, man, that's for sure. Love that produce. Oh. All right, so what else is going on with Doug Oster as we continue to think gardening here as we get ready to enter November? I need callers, Rob. I need somebody to call me and ask me a question. <laughs> All right. So if you have a question, 866-391-1020. Let me have the first question. All right. You compost. Let's talk some compost. All right. Well, this is the time of the year to do so because, like I said, love your leaves. Uh, my house was 1939. Somebody's been blowing the leaves over the, the edge into the woods since 1939, and underneath that big pile is black gold. I mean, it's just the most beautiful stuff. If I need compost, I just kind of rake off the top few layers and then there it is. It's all done. You know, it takes forever for like big oak leaves to become compost. And so what I do is I just, I blow as many as I can over to the compost pile. I, I shred them by just throwing them in a garbage can and putting a string trimmer in them. Mm -hmm. The smaller they are, the faster they'll become compost. And then, um, every time that I'm putting something from the garden or something from the kitchen, into that compost pile, I'm just I'm adding a layer of leaves. Uh, if you didn't have leaves, you could use straw, because I did that in the summer. I had an extra bale of straw laying around, and so every time that I'd put something in there, again, you know, everything from the kitchen we're saving, except for oil, dairy, or creamy dairy and meat. 
don't put that in there just because it can't attract rodents. I was going to ask you about that. How do you control the possibility of some of those not-wanted critters showing up at your house? Uh, there's a couple of different ways to do it. First off, being careful about what you put in the compost pile. You know, you're always going to, you know, if you're saving food, you're always going to have something in there that's probably going to attract them. A closed system, you know, if you really want to learn to compost, uh, Pennsylvania Resources Council has a great class. Uh, you can, I think you can now do them in person, but... Do them online, too, and at the end you get this compost bin that's like a closed system where nothing could get into it. You know, in my case, mine's, mine's out in the woods. Nothing wants to get in there, especially when you have that. You, you put the food in, uh, you know, eggshells, vegetable peelings, fruit peelings. You throw that in there, and then you put that layer of uh, shredded leaves or straw in there on the top. Then the, the critters, they're it's too much trouble for him to get to it. So that's one way. All right. If you want to join Doug, you have a question, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. So are you still planting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you still planting as we head to November? So I, you know, all these nurseries, all our sponsors will have some kind of cool weather vegetables to, to plant. So onions and lettuce and uh, other leafy greens, some root crops. Uh, again, we're getting to the very end of it as far as getting it in the ground, but this stuff will sit there all winter, and you can harvest a lot of it during the winter. But then the big thing is, for me right now, is bulbs. You know, I've got, I have literally have thousands of bulbs, and I've, I'm just chipping away at it, planting here, planting there. I did get a great question um, when I did my last class Thursday, like people were saying, well, how do I remember where the bulbs are and, and where to plant? In the spring, take a nice panoramic picture of, of where you're planting, and then you'll see where everything's blooming. And, you know, I'm drawing maps and all sorts of stuff, but also using that picture. And it's it's easy. You know, you get that bulb auger, you, you drill a hole, you throw a bulb in there, and now that bulb will be there forever. All right, somebody wants to talk poinsettia or poinsettias. Here is Bob and Baldwin on KDK. Hey, Bob, you're on the air with Doug Oster. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. Good to, good to listen to the show, and I love to listen every weekend. Hey, uh, Doug, I have a magnificent poinsettia that's been raised over the summer, and now it's, it's getting near that time. And I wanted to know, what is the formula to get this thing to turn red? Well, it's difficult to do, and I'm in. Uh, first off, Bob is the onion king of Pittsburgh. Uh, him and his, uh, well, he actually, he's Noah's helper. Bob is Noah's yes. helper, and, and Noah is a great onion grower. And we see each other at the home show. And so, I, first off, I appreciate your call. Now, I'm doing the same thing you are, Bob. I, I've got lots of poinsettias. All you can do is bring them in, put them on the windowsill. And they might color up a little bit, but they're never going to color up as good as when they're in, like, a greenhouse. What makes them color up is 12 hours of sun, 12 hours of dark. But, you know, don't try and put it in a closet for 12 hours and bring it out. It, it just it doesn't work. So basically, just leave it on the windowsill. It'll start to, like I said, it'll start to color up a little bit. But that's the best you can do. But it's fun to keep them going. You know, I'd, I've got one, a big, a giant one from... Uh, Bidwell Training Center, and when I went there to speak, I, I got it. And, boy, it is – it's a monster, but, you know, I've got it in an unheated greenhouse, but it's going to have to come out of there pretty soon because it's going to be cold, and uh, it, that poinsettia can, cannot take any any cold weather. 
So just enjoy it as a house plant, and whatever color you get, you get. Hey, thanks for your call, too. All right, Anita, you're next up for Doug on, the, of course, the uh, Granny Gardener Show on KDK. How you doing, Anita? Hi, good morning. I have a question about ornamental pears. I have a tree that's just growing just beautifully, and my neighbor and I, we want to create a border, but our soil has coal in it. And I was wondering if those trees, if you think those trees would thrive um, at that point. It's going to be all sun. Uh, We want to create like a border between the two properties. And it seems like that's such a nice tree to grow. So, like, I know you like the tree, the way it looks and everything, but it is an invasive. And when they get to a certain size, they're really prone to cracking. so mm-hmm. so I think there's a lot of other choices for you to, to look at as far as trees are concerned. Do you want it to be, is it to give privacy or just to have a, a beautiful uh, blooming spring tree? I'd like, we'd like to do both. We're out in the country and it's nice to have a little bit of a property line. And we were thinking, I have a, a crab tree right now that, uh, is just ruined. Uh, vines got to it. We never took care of it. So we're going to pull that out, and we want to put something in a line. I have arborvitae trees on the other side of the property. They seem to be growing okay, but I'd like to do something different. You know, there are so many different options for, especially on a border between houses, you know, hemlocks, cedars. I mean, do you have deer? Yes, a lot. And they're not eating your arborvitas? Oh, well, I put stakes down. Okay, yeah. So anything from the cedar family, from the spruce family. Uh, 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 okay. What was the other one I was thinking? Uh, he wanted to put black cypress. cherries, but I don't think black cherries is going to do it. No, I'm, I'm thinking for you more evergreen plants that give you privacy between the two properties. Uh and and stay away from the pear tree, even though it's pretty, it's just invasive. And when it, they get to a certain size, the ice will just crack them to pieces. All right. Thank you for the call. We owe for a break. We'll come back. Mrs. Know-it-all coming up with Doug on KDKA. Well, we got some people wanting to talk to Doug. We're going to try to get to you. But first, it's always that time for Mrs. Know-it-all. That's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. She's going to tell us all about how to keep those pumpkins preserved and then Fun with gourds. What's on your mind there, Denise? Well, first and foremost, besides that, when you're planting your bulbs, I actually take popsicle sticks and push them into the ground next to the bulb. So if I'm digging around, I'll run into the popsicle stick. Oh, good idea. And that I've got to go elsewhere. Great idea. Yeah. So with your pumpkins, yeah, you know, Halloween's tomorrow, but you like to, you know, if you, especially if you're carving them, you want to keep them around, you know, like, look what I did. And so after you scoop out the goop inside, you can actually, you know, if you like pumpkin seeds, you can, you know, bake, you know, clean them and bake them and salt them and whatever. Who doesn't but like pumpkin before, seeds? Pardon me? Who doesn't like pumpkin seeds? Uh, me, actually. <laughs> I um, knew that was coming. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, they're okay. They always get stuck in my teeth, so that's <laughs> just why I don't like them. But you can actually um, 
carve out your pumpkin, then take a little Vaseline jelly on your finger and just run it over the cut parts, you know, like the mouth, the nose, the eyes and everything. And that helps to keep it from shrinking, you know, which is what they do after a few days. Now, I would keep it out of direct sunlight, but, you know, it looks like they have some rain and some cooler temperatures. So that should work out really well. Now, if you are, uh, if you have gourds, like my friend Martha says, if you plant them in the garden, they like to canoodle with other like-minded plants. So if you want to have some fun, and not now if you're growing like spaghetti squash or something like that in your garden, I would pick another place to do this. But simply save the seed from kind of the coolest gourds you have. I like to do this every year and plant them and let them grow. And thanks to all the pollinators, you end up with all kind of really interesting gourds that weren't what you planted. You know, oh, they're that's not a great idea. Yeah. You know, I really wish that I could have like a huge farm and mm-hmm. just do that because I like the gourds. You know, you get the, you know, the bottle gourds, the swan gourds, but then you get like the weird one. I had one last year that kind of looked like uh, the alien from the movie Alien that came <laughs> out and it was this like big yeah. white head. <laughs> you know? And I used the seed this year, got something totally different. Oh, that's cool. You know, we talked a little bit about ticks earlier on the show. Is that a concern for you being out in the garden? Uh, you know, I, I'm i pretty careful out in the garden. However, I have a right-of-way behind me, and so we get a lot of leaves there. So I know people are saying, let the leaves lay. I can't take that chance because, you know, they're big leaves, like magnolia leaves, mm-hmm. and so they create a good hiding place. So we rake the leaves, and we run the lawnmower over them, and then I can use it in the garden, but I don't let them just lay on the ground. All right. Thank you so much, Denise. Appreciate all that. Can we get a caller in there real quick, Rob? Yeah, let's say hi to John. John, you're on KDK. How you doing, John? Hey, John. Good morning. I have a question about winter fall vegetables. I put baby spinach in about three, four weeks ago. They're about three inches high. How late can I plant those? Question number one. Oh, I'd put those in the ground right now. Uh, is okay. that is, Yeah, and then eventually when it gets cold, cold, some kind of protection. Uh, there's something called a floating row cover. You could use uh, just a couple bales of straw with a window on top of it. Uh, just a little bit of protection for that spinach, and you'll be okay. What was the how second? Late, uh, how, late, how late would they develop to the point where I can pick them? You know, you could be picking in January. You just don't know. It just depends on what's going on with with the weather. But they might winter over. That's the, that's what we really want them to do. We want that baby spinach to sit there all winter and then come up, you know, and not come up, but be there and start to really grow at the end of March. And you'll get this great, great harvest of, of spinach then. All right, let's take one more. we got a minute left. Here's Eleanor. She is up next on KDK. Hi, Eleanor. Good morning, and thank you so much for sharing all your information and knowledge and experience. I really like your show. Um, My question for Doug is that I followed his instructions for creating an organic weed control using 10 layers of newspaper Mm -hmm. in a 5x5 raised garden plot. Um, and for four years, I had no weeds at all. Mm. However, I got weeds this year, this summer, and I'm wondering how to fix it. 
I'll tell you exactly how to fix it. You're lucky to get that many years out of it because you need to reapply that newspaper every spring. That's the trick. And so I know it doesn't sound easy, but that will make things great. If you didn't get through, I'm answering questions after the show at DougOster.com. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, there he goes, Doug. Have a great day. Enjoy your week. Stay with us because we've got Frank Dentisi, Jody Zima, of course, Dentisi, and Joe Dentisi. It's chicken, 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 the topic of conversation on the Coons Cooking Hour. Melinda Roder up with that news in just a couple of moments at 8 a.m. on KDK. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.